Welcome back to the Right Boundless Podcast with me, Robert Valderrama. Today I'm sitting down with Jaime and we're talking about Super 73. Jaime, what is Super 73 and how did you get into Super 73? Hey, what's up, Robert? So initially I met um, Steve from Los Angeles River Tattoo, which is a friend um, of mine that has a tattoo shop. And he also does um, mural arts for some companies. And he does a lot of collaborations and stuff like that. So he did a collaboration with uh, Super 73. At the time, I didn't know it, but I saw it on Instagram that he did a mural for them in their office, in the headquarters in Irvine. And um, and I asked him about it because I loved his bike, and he's riding all the time around with his... The, with the Super 73 bike. Yeah, the, yeah. He, has a, he has a bike from them, and he's riding all the time in the Malibu mountain, Topanga and stuff, uh, with his kid, uh, off-roading. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I could ride with my kid somewhere because you don't need a license. You don't need basically anything. And it's electric, right? So Right, you just jump you on and just take off. Mm-hmm. So I asked him about it and he said, oh, I actually got a pretty good deal because I did this mural for them. And um, and he recommended me to contact Michael. So he gave me his email and he gave him a call and said that I was going to contact him. So um, I initially talked to Michael and presented him like an option to do a collaboration. And and I went to visit them in Irvine because we were working pretty closely to the office. And um, and ended up being two bikes that we designed together. And I've been riding them since then. One of them really carefully that I keep in my house. There is one that is discontinued that they don't make anymore. There's a yeah. Super 73 OG. OG, yeah. And then the other one, the calling keeps. Um, he commutes from his house to his um, shop at, you know, Rogue Collective in downtown LA. In downtown LA, pretty often. And he pretty keeps often. it up at display when he gets there, right? Yeah. So yeah, he's traveling a lot with that one. He, that one has a lot of miles, but mine is uh, pretty well taken care of, except the real ones. Uh, we lead one of them, being mine. <laughs> the the Dino Days. Uh, at Dino Days, actually. Dino yeah. Days. So you had the you had the Super Seventy Three with the Los Pepes logo, the OG, the one they stopped making, and Rio took it out for a spin, tried to do a wheelie, and ate shit. I think it was in the second or third wheelie that he was like, "Oh my god, I did a wheelie! Watch me, watch me!" You so know, sad. It always happens. So sad. Let's uh, let's give Michael a call right now. He's the founder of Super Seventy Three. He's going to speak about the journey and all the influencers and all the people that have been part of Super Seventy Three. And we'll even get some information and secrets of why they're so successful. Hey, Michael, welcome to the Ride Boundless podcast. Thank you for coming on. Can you please tell our listeners uh, who you are? Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I'm uh, Michael Canavo. I'm one of the co-founders of Super 73. We make these uh, stylized electric motorbikes and uh, we've picked up a little bit of traction lately. Um, So yeah, it's great to be talking to you guys. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, you guys picked up quite a bit of traction. How did you guys start and what's kind of the, the, the Super 73 story? Yeah, it's a, it's, I mean, it's kind of a cool story to tell just because it's, it's sort of the story of every man, you know, it's, we were a group of friends and, uh, we had some ideas for some products and the products just did not, uh, did not go well. Uh, the public was not super interested in, uh, what we were currently doing. So, um, you know, in an effort to just kind of reset and create something, uh, really, 
basically something that came out of our passion. Uh, we, we came out with super 73 and we put that up on Kickstarter, um, you know, with the hopes of, Hey, maybe we'll sell 10 of these and we'll make enough money to, uh, survive for the next few months. And it kind of just blew up from there. So, uh, we dropped everything else we were doing and put all of our time into super 73. And it is what, uh, it is what it's become today just because, uh, you know, we, we kept chasing that momentum. Yeah, and that's usually what most businesses should do is when they start a new business is you got to continue, you know, trying and make sure you succeed at it. So on on Kickstarter, can you tell me what bikes and what models you started off with and what exactly you were promoting to the public? Yeah, so uh, (laughs) I mean, honestly, it was basically a mini bike that was blown up. So we liked the idea of that old school, you know, California mini bike, um, gas, gas, uh, 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 lawnmower engine and, uh, you know, the, the small wheels. And we just thought, Hey, what if we electrified this, put some fat tires on it, um, made it like a cruiser where, you know, you didn't have to sit, you know, two feet off the ground. You were sitting at normal bicycle level. Um, and uh, people really resonated with that. We don't really have a model name for it. We just called it the super 73. Um, people now kind of call it the OG or the original. Um, and, and to be honest, those bikes were, they were just so hand built. Uh, you know, we had some experience doing light manufacturing. We had a small little center in uh, Tustin where we uh, cranked out, you know, cranked out the hand built versions. And uh, a lot of those are still kicking today. Um, but since then, we've gone with, uh, we've brought in engineers, we brought in manufacturing professionals, motorcycle designers. And so we're getting really, uh, we're evolving pretty fast with our design. No, the designs are, are beautiful. We were just at the, um, the showing yeah, of the, the last hey, models, Michael, the, the Super 73 RX and the S2. I mean, it's how many models are you guys at total right now? Um, so we also, hey, Amy, it's good to hear from you. Uh, we, we, have a, we have a few different. So we have the Z series, the S series, and now the R series. Can you break um, them down? Yes, definitely. So the Z series, we we basically named it after Generation Z. Um, we thought, hey, there's there's a whole market for these little kind of weekend adventure riders, uh, not necessarily the performance riders, not necessarily the commuters, kind of that in between where um, you know a lot of people just want to have that last mile solution or that quick escape, that 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 bike that they can throw in the back of their car and and uh, cruise around the campsite with, or, you know, cruise around town. So the Z kind of filled that hole. It's our lowest price point. Uh, it ranges between 1100 and 1400. And, um, it, it's a little bit more of a stylized bike. It's got, um, you know, a little brighter in the colors, uh, smaller battery, less range, but it, it still kind of, uh, suffices for that little weekend adventure. And then after that you have the S series. So the S series is starting to get more into, uh, the light moto world, uh, you know, we call that one a motorbike. It still classifies as an electric bike, but that one is more of the commuter, the cruiser, you know, if you're going to go out, uh, trail riding, that one works great for that, uh, as well as, uh, you know, running down to the grocery store to pick up groceries. So that's kind of the most popular one. I would say that's our signature bike. Um, but we did just unveil, and, and this is the show that you guys uh, were able to join us at the uh, the R series, which is our high performance, um, you know, trail bike. It's got full suspension, aluminum tubing. It's designed by motorcycle builders. I mean, it is really built to be our first step into a bigger world. 
the thing looks mean. We're looking at it right now. I remember seeing it in person, how excited I felt like a little Especially kid. Especially how it rides, man. It's like, I'm yeah. sure you guys are taking a little bit of uh, a cut of the cake of uh, dirt bikes because not even knowing how to ride a, uh, you know, a motorcycle, this is so easy and you can get in serious trouble with it, I think. <laughs> if you go out <laughs> exactly. to a dirt bike. Yeah, you, I mean, you could, it, it's, almost, it, it's, it's, it's better in a lot of sense than a lot of other dirt bikes or motorcycles because you can ride anywhere you want. You can ride inside of a building. You can ride on sidewalks. You can be on a rooftop. You can do anything you want on this. It's, it's, it's a perfect yeah. crossover between like a BMX, you know, motorbike or electric bike. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, we really kind of, I mean, we flirted in that space for a while, but we wanted to take our time getting there. Something that was important to us was that we never looked like one of those bike companies that were trying to, um, emulate a motorcycle. We wanted to kind of fit the space organically. And so we took a long time getting to the performance part of it because we wanted to make sure we did it right. And we actually had, uh, some of the Los Pepe's crew, come and I, I believe you guys test rode that early early like I, prototype yeah. Well, uh I, yeah it was it was actually not even painted uh, the, yeah. uh, the gas <laughs> the quote-unquote gas tank which is the battery was uh was still an older battery i'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, you guys were testing mm-hmm. i think the suspension and and how everything will work when, when i yeah. tested it which yeah, was we, already we amazed in. by it because I, <laughs> I i i saw somebody riding it in the back in the back alley of of super 73 and and they were just jumping uh, and doing wheelies, doing jumps, and stuff. jumping off crazy. ramps. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's. I mean, we brought in. We even we brought in uh, Parker Pittman. He's a, a professional stunt rider for motorcycles. He was uh, riding with Husqvarna at the time that we picked him up, and he became a full time employee just helping us uh, R and D these bikes. Like, hey, Parker, here's a new one. Go break it. Tell us where it broke. Um, sorry about that. Uh, and basically. Parker uh, was instrumental in helping us get to uh, a point uh, in our design where we felt like, hey, this could hold up if we hand it to a, a dirt bike rider or a motorcycle rider. And that was kind of always the goal was to get to that point. Yeah, we're, we were just talking about that once we left the, the show. Uh, we were thinking, you know, we're, we're so excited to test one of these in, in a dirt bike um, track or something like that. Yeah, take take yeah. it off, take it off off roading. <laughs> I have a quick question, Michael. Um, when you say you know you could because you mentioned you could put it in a car, like how do you usually transport this? Is it can how small of a car or what's usually the requirement? Sure. Do you guys make roof racks? Do you guys make anything that hangs off the t- back of the trunk? You know, how do people travel with these? Yeah, I have endless stories of customers showing up in a Honda Share Civic them. and us I figuring hear out, <laughs> I us hear figuring them. out ways to get these bikes in the back of their cars. And what's actually so great is because we we really do cater to a motorcycle crowd. And when we pick those bikes up and put them in sideways in the back of their car, there's no oil, there's no gas, there's no leaking, there's no grease. It's but do you uh, put it in the trunk? Do you put it in the back seat? Yeah, you, have so, you put I it mean, in a two door? You know, in a coupe or you know, what's the smallest I, car you yeah. put it in? If I roll up it in a smart car, can you do it then? You know. I, I, so yes, I mean, you name sure. the car, we found a way to make that bike fit inside of it. Uh, I wish that I had taken a photo every time and we could do like a. Uh, a slideshow of all the weird ways we figured out how to get these bikes in people's cars. But when we started the company, I had a little Hyundai Accent, which is like a tiny little hatchback car. And I constantly had to fit two and sometimes three bikes inside of it. So, you know, folding down, yeah, folding down the seats, you get pretty creative with it. I've I've since switched to a Tacoma just because I was so sick of scratching up the interior of my car. Um, so I'll just throw, I mean, I've thrown as much as 10 Super 73s in the bed of my Tacoma before. That's amazing. And so they're, 
they're easy to move. And that's what's so great is you just grab it and go. And they're, the day, you know, a little heavier. The day that, Sorry, I, that I picked up the two of Los Pepes, um, it was probably one of the hardest days of my life just because <laughs> I did not want them to touch each other for one little bit. So yeah. Did you go in your Prius? No, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I went in because it's uh, on the pilot. And still, feeding two of them without touching each other was definitely a challenge. Uh, I, f yeah. I I wrapped them all up in like cardboard and and try and feed them without touching each other. It was it was great. It was an experience for sure. But uh, but again, Colin um, writes every single day from home to his shop. Is uh, displayed at his shop, and mine is the one that is um, kept in my house for collection. Basically, mm -hmm. I try and not get a scratch or you know under the rain or anything. So yeah, it's it's funny looking at how how people kind of. Uh, you know, it's a wide range of how people treat these bikes. We've seen, you know, some that come in where they're barely hanging on to any paint left because they just use and abuse them so hard, but the motor's still kicking, the battery's still kicking. And then we've seen, we've seen like original Kickstarter bikes come in that look like they just left the showroom floor. So it's kind of like the, the sneaker collectors, you know, some of them, they'll wear and tear their, their $300 shoes and other ones will keep them like in a, in a, air sealed bag um so it is bubble. cool to see the yeah it's cool to see the difference between the two yeah so anyway anyway yeah one of i only picked the the i only picked the og because i knew that you guys were gonna stop making them yeah i wouldn't be the only one who had it you know the customized los pepes og so i was like well i'll keep this one and and it's in uh, the middle of my living room <laughs> how many bikes have you guys built today like how many how many numbers like how many models and then how yeah. many in quantity and how far <laughs> is this reaching is this just in la is this worldwide no, yeah, is this I, going to mars with tesla what so we're currently working on uh the first few years that we were in business we were not so great at keeping records it was more of just a survival thing um so we've we've brought in people to kind of backtrack and see what we've done every year um i mean we're in the tens of thousands which is really cool to be able to say amazing um, now that's yeah. that's yearly right or monthly i oh, mean so total. we're in the t in total in, yeah, in total. Yeah, the business yeah, has been out for about three amazing. years right yeah so we're pushing four years now so we're we're in the tens of thousands uh congratulations pretty soon i'll have a more thank you i'll have a more you know <clears throat> firm number uh but sales i mean i'll talk a little, little bit about how we've we've kind of been experiencing this uh, this new crisis. Uh, you know, obviously well, we don't well, want to. I, I mean, I, I do want to hear that, but before we do, am that, I jumping ahead? <laughs> no, you're, you're jumping a little ahead because I, I'm interested. I, I, I get it. You guys were working on this. Then you did the Kickstarter. How yeah. did you promote the Kickstarter? And then I see that you guys went into. You guys have a lot of celebrities. You know, that yeah. are getting involved, and I know they're pushing mm -hmm. on their social media and Instagram. Can you? Can you? As an entrepreneur, what were those steps to get you, you know, where you're at? And then I want to know what's going on now with the COVID-19 and how this is affecting all of us. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, when we started on Kickstarter, um, it was just a handful of us, like four of us. And uh, and who, who were those four? Who, who, who's, who's involved? So, in yeah. So one of them is a, is a partner who's uh, since left. The other one is uh, Aaron Wong, uh, LeGrand Cruz. Uh, Alix Armoire and myself. And so, um, you know, partners obviously come and go in every startup. Some people Always. hang longer than others. So uh, the ones named, we're the ones that are, you know, still at it. We're still plugging away day and night. Um, 
You guys dream you know, from, this, eat this, sleep this, everything. Exactly. Yeah. From sleeping in the warehouse to, uh, to, to moving into a, you know, a larger facility, it's been really cool, uh, to kind of just see the journey and experience it. It still feels like yesterday that we were waking up at 2 AM to, to bang out some frames in the warehouse before the summer seat heat would kick in. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely come a long way. Uh, and, and yeah, we've just, we've just kind of, rode the wave. And I think when, you know, when we started on Kickstarter, it was, we just took the tools we had. And so for me, it was social media. I, um, have a little bit of a background in social media, uh, starting, I first found a small bit of success on an app called Vine, which has since died. Um, but I made a lot of friends on Vine and networked a lot. And so when I came into super 73, um, you know, what I didn't have in money or, you know, technical skills I had in my network. And so, Cranked out that video. Um, you know, the the video we did for the Kickstarter went pretty viral. Kickstarter actually used it as a uh, as a use case for how product videos are changing. That's in amazing. The new who, world. Pro- who produced the video? So it was me. Yeah, I shot. You did the edited. whole thing. It was a hundred. I mean, that was it. There was no one else. <laughs> so uh, we didn't have any money for uh, any sort of film crew. It was just me and my old camera and a couple friends who were visiting from Alabama. Um, and we went out to the desert and I hung out of the side of a minivan uh, while we were going like 25 miles an hour. And that's that's how we made that video. That's and amazing. Yeah. Very incredible. Thank you. It was the first time that, that a company on Kickstarter had gotten away from the talking head model. Uh, Kickstarter was was known for like that white background with the person talking about Their the product. Yeah, and stuff, pitching. Yeah. They're pitching exactly. you and so for the first time, I was like, we're not going to do that. We're just going to show the emotion that you receive from these bikes. The experience so it was, you can have. Well, it, it's great that you told this story because there's a lot of people that think that, yeah, they have an idea for a product and they even produce it, but they think that they wouldn't be founded just because they don't have the resources to do it. And, you know, exactly. you're, a, you're a good example of that. That is not, you know, that's not true that you can get far from doing it yourself. I completely agree. And and I think that's just, it was the only thing we had. So it was what we relied on, you know, was like, Hey, let's just convey emotion. Um, and it, it was something I'd been doing through my videos for a long time. Uh, you know, I had shot weddings and so I knew, Hey, I, I knew the tones and the keys on which to kind of capture this emotion. Um, uh, well enough. And I had a friend who had a band and that was the song that we used. They've since broken up, but that song is a is a jam. So I think that helped too. And it was just kind of a marriage of all these really cool, organic, um, natural elements that came together and people really latched on that video got millions of views. And yeah, like I said, Kickstarter even used it to say like, Hey, this is, this is an evolution of what these Kickstarter videos can be. And, you know, since then I think our production has really gotten better. Um, the stuff that our team does now, now that I'm not filming it, it's far and beyond what I was able well, to do. Well, no, the we, last video was like a mo- like a trailer for a movie. Oh, it was, it was a trailer for a movie. I mean, it was mean. I was like, when does it come out? Yeah, it makes you anxious. It's like, I want it now. I want it now. <laughs> so, well, and that's that's so, kind of happened from us utilizing the the relationships. It's like, hey, now there are people that can do this better than we can do it. And I think that everybody at Super 73 is humble enough to step out of the way. And that's always been important to us is if you want to thrive in this organization, humility is so important. Hey, rely on other people around you to help you where you can't necessarily fill in the gaps. And, and, ask, so, and ask for help. That, that's another thing people exactly. don't do enough. I mean, there's people willing to help anybody and everybody, but the people get stubborn and they don't want to ask for that help. And I preach that all the time to people. 
Exactly. Yeah. Admitting, admitting where you need help. And then that kind of comes into the next thing that you asked about the celebrities. Um, well, and again, I'm, I'm just doing this because I get a lot of people that ask me in the business sense and they ask me about Kickstarter. So I really want to get that down. So one more question for the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Before you launched it, did you promote Super 73 before and then kind of got built an audience and then launched the Kickstarter? Or did you just Not, kick a or did you just yeah. do it with no nothing? Just in, in no way did we promote this. Prior. Like, I can't like it, it was we did a terrible job when you think about it, because we didn't even run ads during the campaign. And that's something that's such a no-brainer. You guys but didn't we even just, run ads? We didn't have any money at all. Like I was, I was living on Little Caesars Pizza, um, Shit, and so where That's does amazing. ad money come from? And so we weren't even running ads. It was all one hundred percent organic. And looking back, it's like, you know, obviously we're so happy with what we did. We did it for a reason. Everything happened for a reason. But I think, like, well, what would have happened if we had had, you know, a budget to run some ads? And obviously, we're we're happy with. What's the happened? Turnout, but yeah. well, but this, even to think this about is, that, again, it's crazy. Double important that you tell this story because I, I think uh, looking at your company, seeing the reach that you guys have, and now this next step that you were going to talk about about the the celebrities, the, the celebrities, <laughs> you assume that you guys had unlimited source of of, of, of money. <laughs> yeah, and I was actually no. I was talking to Robert right before we called you, and and I actually told him that I was like I was I, I said well I think these guys might have an un, unlimited source of income. <laughs> uh, that they can oh. that they can afford you know yeah. give products to celebrities and even even collaborate with us which you know there was no money exchange or anything that we were like su- super surprised of um so yeah if you want to expand a little bit on the celebrity and how did no you get no there? but i want the listeners to suffer let, let, let's hold off on the <laughs> celebrities i want to talk about one more thing <laughs> I want to talk about the the lifestyle because, in a sense, you know, Harley Davidson is a lifestyle, and that's why people mm-hmm. get that motorcycle. You guys created a new lifestyle from scratch. From scratch, and you guys yeah. did you did you ever visualize and think that you were going to create that style? I, I got to say, I mean, through and through this, this is it's crazy to even be able to talk about this now. But um, you know, early on, there were some partners uh, that wanted to go a different direction with the brand. They wanted to go more utility, uh, and uh, Aaron and I uh, had quite a few conversations about like, hey, no, this is a lifestyle brand. This is a clothing play. This is. Uh, this has to be a lifestyle brand or else it can't survive in how saturated the bike world is. So it, it was many, a goal. You, it was something you guys It was, it was a hundred percent something that we visualized. We wanted to take every element that lived within, I mean, the soul of, of who we were, Legrand, Alix, Aaron, myself, and take those elements and turn them into a physical representation of how we feel, which is, and we'll get to this later, why you see so many sci-fi elements in what we do. Uh, that, and we'll talk about, you know, how that's such a big part of my life, but it was something I, I naturally leaned on because that was what gave me passion. And so you see that translate into what we do. And Aaron is a huge fan of like high fashion and you see high fashion kind of come into what we do. And so you have this like marriage of all these things and it's a reflection in our community. You see our community and they've got like helmets from Star Wars or they have like high fashion brand bags That's that they're awesome. wearing when they're riding. That's awesome. It's a reflection of, of yeah, of how we like kind of set this thing up. 
What what are other styles and 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 styles that you see your writers, uh, you know, clothing they're wearing? How would you describe that lifestyle? How would you, you know, you'll see the Harley people dressed in black and wearing leather. Yeah. How do you describe your audience? So before you answer, that, not, yeah. Before you answer that, that that question is great. That but I can answer that I don't think there's one because oh, I'm sure. you go no, no, to one of you want to you go to one of these rides, and there's any single different human that is different from each other and they have nothing in common and they suddenly all together. No, it's true. You, we, this, we went to the, the show. With the same bike under their asses. It's incredible. I seen five-year-olds and I saw 70-year-olds. At so, least I think they yeah. were 70. The, there's but, always one thing, <laughs> but the, 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 what is it called? The, the rights that the, the group... The, group writers, the groups. Yeah, yeah the, the rights that the group organized is like the most... You know, what? Are, how many people can diverse, show Diverse, very diverse. Oh, we diverse. did one recently before this whole, you know, shutdown. We did one in LA and we had 65 Super 73s cruising the streets. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and this is downtown LA. It's not that easy to park. Yeah. It's not that easy to bring yeah. your right. bike it's, it's, or anything. It's very like difficult. I, another question. What are the laws and, and regulations of riding these uh, bikes? Yeah. You Definitely. Know, are there laws or can you do whatever you want? Yeah. So I wish that there were more laws. And how uh, fast do they go? Yeah, so this is this is kind of a hot button issue, and and as we're actually recording this, I'm on you know the e-bike subreddit on Reddit, just looking at um, you know kind of the industry right now, and we're at a very interesting time because the technology allows for anybody to make a bike that goes 65 miles an hour. It's not hard. I could go down to Super 73 right now and make a 65 mile an hour Super 73, but that's highly illegal. It's bad for the entire industry. It's dangerous. I mean, there's I can put a million reasons why people shouldn't be doing this. And so it kind of became this arms race for a few of these brands to make the fastest, most powerful e-bike. But the truth is that's going to hurt the entire industry because um, for this thing to grow, you talked about how, how diverse our group rides are. That's because anybody can get on this bike from 13 years old to 70 years old and feel confident and feel comfortable and be in control and not be a danger to themselves or people around them. Um, as the technology becomes more readily available, you start to see these 60 mile an hour quote e-bikes coming out. They're super cool looking. They're cool. It's cool to go 60 miles an hour. It's not cool to go 60 miles an hour on a sidewalk where pedestrians can pop out of anywhere. Um, and so what we're, what we need to start seeing, I think in the near future is a crackdown on, uh, the regulations of these gray area e-bikes just for the sanity of the entire country and the entire industry. And, um, the, and themselves, because um, one of the things that I was talking to Colin when we went to the, to the meetup uh, is, well, people are customizing their bikes to go faster, putting double batteries on. We saw a guy with two engines. Uh, mm -hmm. it, the brakes are not made for stopping a, a bike at 65 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah. They're, they're made to stop the speed that they go to, not mm -hmm. like, 30 more. <laughs> you know, like well, and I see, thing. I mean, I see a lot of these bikes on, on, you know, Amazon or Alibaba or whatever they are, uh, that they do, they just have the basic, just not even hydraulic brakes. They just have like disc and chin, uh, and cord brakes. And yeah, you're, you're going to see a lot of injuries that could have been avoided. Now our, our series and even our S2 series now, those brakes are, I mean, I think you guys saw them. They are like, we are pushing motorcycle brakes on this now. Because we realize, like, hey, people are going to mod these things. People are going to want to go off-roading. So let's just make brakes that can handle whatever they're going to throw at it. Now, so that's now, kind of a precaution we've taken. When we're talking about the brakes, can you describe the brakes? Are we talking about, like, old-looking bicycle brakes with a cable? Is it disc brakes? What, what, what so are you the, using exactly? the, Yeah, the pick-and-pull e-bike companies are using just the old-school bike 
like, you know, disc and cable brakes. Uh, but we use the hydraulic, uh, hydraulic brakes now. And, um, we just switched to a, even a thicker rotor, um, which I'll pull up those exact stats. So I don't, and, and uh, the, and the brake caliper has a pad and everything just like a motorcycle. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we've oh. got the, 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 the brakes with the pads and then the, uh, adjustable and hydraulics it, on them. Is this custom made for you guys or is this, is this stuff that's always existed? So this exists for basically for mopeds. Um, uh. But uh, yeah, right here we've got the Tektro hydraulic two piston forged aluminum caliper, 180 millimeter front and rear rotors. So I mean, we're talking some big time heavy duty brakes, and uh, the reason for that is just because you know people like to go, go fast, exactly. Right. And, and you got to take so, in consideration people's weight if they're going down a hill. I mean, there's many things to consider. Yes. And so we'd rather have more than enough stopping power that, that you don't need rather than being in that position where it's too late. And so I think we're going to start to see that more often. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Now let's talk about the celebrities. Let's talk about, I, I, we were at the show and I saw you had a fresh Prince of Bel-Air bike for Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I heard the rumors about the bikes you had for Madonna. How, yeah. how did you get, one of the biggest questions is how did you get these celebrities and who was the first one and who was your favorite one? Yeah, definitely. Um, so like I said, uh, we have a rich tradition of or a rich heritage of being broke. Um, so in the beginning now, obviously it's not the case We're we're way beyond that hump now, but back in the old days when it was like the grind, um, you know, back before we, uh, before we got our first series of investment, before we kind of got over that first hump. Um, when that happened at that time, I had negative $700 in my bank account. <laughs> so I, I needed to make $700 just to get back to zero. Right. And, um, my phone line was being shut off. It was just, I was selling everything I owned just to kind of keep the lights on. And this was obviously very early on Skinny in, in super 73. Yes. I was, uh, buying a little Caesar's pizza and I'd break it up over like three days. Right. $5 um, pizza, $5 pizza. Exactly. Break it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked great. Uh, just, <laughs> <laughs> on the premise of eating. Yep. Oh yeah. Eating once a day and, and working a ton. But yeah, so we didn't have money. A lot of people assume that, um, you know, we're throwing money at these celebrities. We still to this day have never paid a celebrity for any kind of endorsement, any kind of post. And that's something that as long as I'm here will remain. Um, just because that you get true, actual, organic and in, in integrity based, um, uh, posts and content out of that. So, uh, early on we were hit up, uh, back in the Kickstarter days by Andy Milanakis. I don't know if you guys remember, um, Andy Milanakis, but he was a, uh, no, no, tell me. uh, he was a star from MTV. Um, and he was, he's, he's this guy that uh, I believe is like 45 or 50 now, but he, he has a, uh, uh, he has something that makes him look young. Um, I'm not, I should look up exactly what that is, but basically he, he had, he was famous for having a TV show where he looked like he was 13, but he would be doing stuff that a 40 year old, like drinking beer, um, Smoking and, a cigarette. And exactly. And people would freak out. And so anyways, that just a little bit of backstory there. Um, yeah. but he hit us up and we were big fans. And so we were like, Hey, let's come out and we'll give you a bike. And he was with this YouTuber named Jesse Wellens. And, uh, kind of fast forward a little bit. Andy Milanakis ended up, uh, selling his super 73. He, uh, was moving or something and he sold it to Jesse 
and Jesse Wellens, who is a YouTuber, uh, kind of fell in love with it. And he is, I would say, instrumental in those early days of uh, kind of getting our brand out there. We did a collaboration with him when we launched the S1 called the Rose Ave. And uh, we had a couple celebrities before that, but uh, that really put us on the map. Um, and from there, it has just been a steady stream. And I really think it's because they see what we're doing. They see how hard we're working and they want to be a part of something, um, that kind of connects them to that American dream. Uh, so a great example, Joel McHale, uh, comedian. He was the host of the soup, uh, star of the show community. He's been in countless movies. Um, he found us on Instagram and hit us up and he was like, Hey, I love your bikes. Would love to buy one. I was like, well, I'll give you one. Um, cause obviously we were big fans. I've been a huge fan of him, drove up to his house. Uh, and he was just the nicest person that I could have, like I could have ever met. He was, he, he brought us in, we had drinks, we had some food in his house, just hung out with him. Uh, and then he was on Conan the next week and he gave us maybe the best shout out we've ever gotten. Um, and said our name about a, yeah, said our name about a dozen times, talked about our company. And from there it was like, it it kind of felt like we were, and it was all just emotion. It was natural. It wasn't discussed. It wasn't planned. He just did it because he he loved your guys' product and vision. And that's, I mean, and then the same with Will Smith, it was basically the same story. He, uh, hit us up and was like, love what you guys are doing. Same thing, Instagram. Down to Cartagena. Yep. Hit us up through Instagram. I mean, that's that's where we've connected with everyone from Justin Bieber to, you know, Warren Sapp. Um, and so, yeah, we uh, we we connected with Will and uh, I got to tell the story of Super 73 to him, kind of like we're doing right now, just sitting with him chatting and he was asking questions. Super, super inquisitive. Uh, very much felt like a podcast that wasn't being recorded. Um, that's hilarious. And Thorough. Two or three days, yeah. Two or three days later, he shoots us a message and he said, "This is a thank you for all of your hard work." And then posts a video on Instagram, uh, tagging us, and the video gets 15 million views. And it's him riding Fuck. the Super 73, and it's just like this huge, yeah, it's this huge, uh, this huge um, viral kind of meme that he did, and that thing blew up. And I mean, when I say that. <laughs> We sold hundreds of bikes. It was just like overnight. You couldn't um, even fulfill them, could you? No, I mean I, that's the thing is it would it would it would pull us out of stock, but the orders would keep coming in, and we would say, "Hey, you know, out of stock for ninety days," and it wouldn't slow down the orders. For ninety days. Could you imagine telling that? that We've. I mean, there was a point where we were out of stock for pushing a year on a certain on a certain bike, and people just kept adding their name to the list, and we'd say, "Hey, heads up! It looks like it's going to be like eight months." And they were like, yeah, no problem. I'll wait because they wanted the bikes so like, bad. I feel like Will Smith is also a great a great person to do that because he, he only does it with, peop- with people that he really... Oh, yeah. With, with visions. And, he, and, and maybe that's why he was so thorough with the questions because he got a feel for who you guys are and he saw that this is a real... Thing, you know, honest thing that you guys have created for the public to enjoy. I've seen him Absol- going to. I've seen him going to interviews in Spain and talk about a product that he's not involved in, and basically talk about the whole interview talking about one product that he's not even involved and, in, and he knows about. Yeah. It. yeah. Now, yeah. now the the bike you guys made for him was that requested or was that something you guys dedicated to him? 
Yeah. So no, we, he just, he just wanted a couple of bikes. So we did that and and it went so well that then we said as a thank you, here's this bike. And we had heard his, uh, his, uh, personal trainer was like, Hey, Will's been talking about like, what if we fresh Prince, like fresh Prince of Bel-Air out a bike? He's like, I'd love for something like that. And so we just kind of took the idea and ran with it. Um, yeah, from the 24 karat gold plated rims to like the fresh Prince of Bel Air themed battery case to the to the seat. We just thought like, hey, let's make something that's really thoughtful. Um, and you know, we've done that with a lot of people. Ryan Reynolds was another one. Uh, he was in the Pikachu movie, and we just lost our minds over that movie. Oh my god! So we were like, let's make him a Pikachu Super 73, and oh he liked god. it so what, much. He I want to see he pictures. posted it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 on our Instagram. He uh, he posted it on his Instagram. Um, and was just the most thoughtful, like sent us all a big thank you letter. Uh, you know, Lil Nas X, same thing, wanted to get his attention, made him something that we thought he would love and he loved it so much. He posted it multiple times. So it's really about just being honest and appreciating people in the space. I mean, any of us would make something for somebody we appreciate if we knew that they would see it. And so it's, it's kind of become that where it's like, Hey, we love this person. Let's just give them a bike. And And, and the list, the list of celebrities is unlimited. Uh, It it really is. Would you, would you say that, uh, that most of them are, were S ones? Yeah. So the S one is, it's almost all of them. Uh, the S one is kind of just the bread and butter when it comes to, uh, what people want to grab because it's just so easy to get on that bike and go. It has, uh, and you know, also, the best. It's also the the one that you guys have used uh, to start the new category in Super Hooligan, right? Is Super that the one? Yes. Hooligan, yeah. Yes, yes. So that one, I mean, and and you've seen that bike kind of redesigned so many times for where wherever it is. So the Super Hooligan races with uh, Roland Sands, um, that was just kind of kind of a conversation that came out of left field. Uh, cause he was looking for e-bikes to bring in and he was like, there's no e-bike that's, that fits this more than, than you guys. And so we partnered with him on that and did a whole race across the country, you know, and, a bunch of different heats. And, and it's exclusively just your guys' bikes. Yes. Yes. It's, so it's, so it's super, not, it's so it's not a whole a, category it's of not racing. An, it's not an e-bike race. Brand. It's not an e-bike race. It's yeah. a super No, it's a super race. 73 race. Yeah. And that's always been important to us. I mean, when you look at what, how Indian came up, Indian was a racing motorcycle yeah, and yeah, yeah. they have a, a heritage of racing and, and it kind of cements you in this category if you can kind of get in there. And so with our bikes, we thought, Hey, let's, and that kind of is what inspired a lot of the RX was this performance was like, well, but what if these bikes could hit these huge jumps, you I know? Mean, and it was like, yeah. let's push it further. I mean, in some way that the you guys are competition of KTM or brands like that is, is crazy. Uh, cause it's, it's the, le- the lowest of the, of the, of the CCs in, in theory of the mm-hmm. strength of the strength. But it, at the end of the day, somebody that wants to start from the beginning probably should grab a, a R series and start like practicing and then probably oh, get a definitely. bigger motorcycle who, who would you uh who would you say is more your competition would you say it's more uh you're, you're competing with dirt bike cells or would you say you're competing more with scooter cells I, uh, how, how do you visualize that or even even scooters the regular electric scooters uh, yeah, ones usually with the, the foot the reason we have kind of fallen into the place we've fallen into is is in an attempt to just avoid competition it was like we looked at the bike market and we're like shoot there's a new bike brand coming out every single week and we looked at the motorcycle space and we thought wow there's a lot of players in this but it really is just the main you know you got like the main four or five brands and so we thought well what if we did something that kind of subverted those uh those sort of um 
genres and filled its own lane. And that's where Super 73 came out of. And and since then, I mean, I can I, I can't even begin to count how many uh I'll say inspired by bikes have come out that uh look just like ours, act just like ours. Um and it's kind of started a new genre. I would say that right now we're starting to look at companies like Harley Davidson, uh, who are getting more into like this, this sort of midsize electric, not quite a light electric motor moto, just under it, um, providing that solution for people. And we're starting to compete with them. Um, we don't play in the bike space almost at all anymore. Um, we don't compete with traditional bicycles. We don't do their, their sales model. We don't, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a different mode of transportation. And while they may share the same lane from time to time, uh, the use cases are so different. So we've been lucky enough to kind of avoid competition. And I know, you know, we all know it's, it's catching up. It'll, it'll kind of be here sooner than we know it. Absolutely. And so just kind of building a, a product lineup to be able to stand up against those guys is what's important. So I've only seen, uh, one time your guys, uh, super holy and racist and he was at the beach. Um, what was it called? The, the beach, um, uh, is like an event in the beach that Roland Sands organized. Yeah, the the one in Huntington Beach. Yeah, that one. The the what is it, the Moto Classic or su- yeah the Moto Classic Moto Beach Classic the Beach Classic yeah. Uh, and I and I I got amazing pictures of you guys uh, riding and, and and actually Parker uh, mm-hmm. dressing like a stone trooper. <laughs> yeah, about, about three or four feet from the floor. Uh, flying, That's a great photo, by the way. Fa- flying with one of those uh, S ones. Um, yep. I have two questions from there. Number one, do you think that the evolution of the Super Hooligans, um, the Super 73 category, will turn now and and, and and start being the R-series? And number two, why is Parker dressing like a Stormtrooper? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll start with the uh, the, the R-series in, in the Hooligan race. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you know, COVID-19 has... Uh, change some of our events planned for this summer. So uh, we may have to kind of look differently at that series. Um, but we 100% built the R to live in that racing category. And so, um, you know, whether it is the super hooligan racer or kind of an evolution of that, those bikes will definitely be racing in some kind of a series. Um, and we want to even make it more aggressive. It's like, hey, let's Let's throw more jumps in there. Let's throw more obstacles. Let's let's really push these bikes because what's cool is these bikes are light. They're like 75 pounds. So it's you nothing. can throw these things around. And if you go down, there's not a lot of consequence compared to dropping a, you know, a 200-pound, 300-pound motorcycle. Yeah, regular um, motorcycle, you can crash at two miles an hour and you're going to get hurt. Exactly. So this, with having that lack of consequence, it's, it's really allowed our riders to push it sometimes too far, but uh, definitely push it further than than normal. And so we're going to kind of let that space evolve. And I think that we'll see a really cool um, kind of new version of racing, whether that's more obstacle based or, or, you know, potentially more long distance. Um, I'm excited to see what, you know, probably 2021 at this point holds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I asked this question earlier about the, the the rules and regulations and the laws. Do you need a special motorcycle license? Do you need a license? Do you need anything to ride these things? No. So no license or registration needed. And that's always been super important to us. And that's why I talked about that 60 mile an hour e-bike thing. We're not going to do that because that comes with an entire new classification system, license, re- registration, insurance. Yeah. Right now, you can buy one of our bikes today on our website, like an S1, a Z1. Uh, you'll get it in three to five business days. You build that bike, and you're allowed to ride it right off the gate. What, so what's the website? 
our, our website is super73.com. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, anytime, any one of those bikes, obviously the pre-order bikes take longer, but all bikes we sell on our site do not need a license or registration. So we're proud of that. No, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, well, how, how much money are you saving on registration costs? How much money real? are you insurance. saving on gas? Insurance. How much money are you saving on insurance? I mean, yep. you can realistically just rely on on taking Ubers and have your Super Seventy Three, and that's it. Honestly, the best yep. part the best part for me from those bikes is uh, I'm the laziest person alive, and I've never pedaled once. <laughs> now do those pedals goal. now do those pedals work <laughs> I'm so they're there that. okay they're there <laughs> they're there they're um, there and, and they move right yeah so actually the r series uh we we for the first time really focused on ergonomics so the uh z series and the s1 you know and even the og that's a little bit of a tighter fit the bike is kind of developed way more for th- throttle first but these new bikes you can actually get that full extension on that pedal so, uh, you know, while it's not as definitely not as fun to pedal these bikes, yeah, yeah. um, if you are stranded, you don't have to worry at all about getting home. That's awesome. And then what, what's, how long does it take to charge and how long does the charge get you? So, yeah, I mean, all of our bikes take about three to five hours to charge, uh, you know, and it's a regular home anywhere. plug. Uh, what is yep, it, just a amp? normal plug. It, yeah, the, the, the little charger looks like a laptop charger, um, and uh, yeah, just plug that in anywhere you need to. And then uh, you're getting between 20 and probably 60 miles to the charge, depending right. on which bike, depending on which, uh, which you know, rider you have. So the Z1 is obviously got the smaller battery. So, you know, depending on your riding conditions, it's the electric kind of has a big window, but you normally get around 20 miles to that one. And then those new RX series, uh, you're pushing, you know, 40 miles easy. And if you're uh, very aware of how you're riding, you can get it up to 60 if you're throwing pedal assist on for hills and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've gone far with no, with 0% effort. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stone Troopers. <laughs> yeah, I figured, I figured you guys wouldn't let me forget that one. Um, Not at all. So earlier in this conversation, I talked a little bit about uh, kind of our soul being brought into um, this project just for it to be um, kind of completely us. And part of that was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a personality in the star Wars community. I have, uh, 300,000 followers on, um, Oof. an app called TikTok where I talk about star Wars. I, I do a star Wars podcast that gets a few thousand downloads every week. Where can um, we find you on TikTok? Yeah. So, I mean, on all platforms, my user is Rexin, R-E-X-I-N underscore around. Um, it's very, it's very interesting. I I can't tell you how it happened. Um, I initially got on TikTok because I was trying to figure out like, Hey, how do brands advertise on here? Because I really wanted to get super 73 in. And so I was working with my marketing team and I was like, well, guys, let me try to upload a video and just kind of see what happens. And then that video got a million views. And I was like, okay, so I think, I think I did it. I was like, let me try to do it again. The next day I uploaded another video and that video got a million views. And I was like, okay, Jesus. so I understand. This program uh, is broken. The algorithm. Your screen's cracked or something. No, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. So I, I kind of solved the algorithm on TikTok really fast. And um, as a result, uh, Super 73 is in a lot of very big videos on TikTok. What I did was I was like, well, my videos keep blowing up. So I'm going to put Super 73 in the background. So if you look at a lot of like the majority of my videos on TikTok, there's either a bike in the background or a giant Super 73 logo um, or we're in the actual showroom. And so I found a way to kind of bring the two together. Um, but then, you know, if you want to predate that, one of our earliest viral projects was 
um, we teamed up with two big YouTubers, Casey Neistat, Jesse Wellens. We turned a couple of our bikes into speeder bikes from Star Wars. Um, and we raced them. Yeah, we raced them through Manhattan, which is super cool because when I tell people that, I mean, almost everybody in the Star Wars world, uh, knew about that video when it dropped. It was like one of the most viral videos of the year. Um, it, you know, if you typed in Star Wars for that entire month on Google, it was the first thing that popped That's up. Crazy. So we were, we were beating Star Wars in the, uh, yeah, in that. So, um, Time Magazine did a piece on it. It was, it was wild. Disney, but, uh, and, Disney, was, and Disney was like, can we buy Michael? Well, so <laughs> I got the nicest cease and desist from Lucasfilm I've ever seen. It oh, was like, wow. it was they, like, Hey, we love what you guys are doing. This is so cool. We love that you're big fans. Don't do it again. <laughs> so and you wow. owe us money. And you guys yeah, had to pull down yeah. the videos or anything, or no? So they it was just it don't do it again. Ended up, they ended up using the videos for their own marketing. So um, they had a video game coming out, and I wisely initially was like, "Hey, if if we want this to get you know recognized in a major way, we need to bring in some of these elements." So I actually had a friend build the suit of armor from the video game, and then we had that suit of armor make a cameo. Uh, we had that character make a cameo in our video and I was aware that like, Hey, Lucasfilm, EA games, they're going to want to use this. And they ended up doing it. They broke it down into a bunch of gifts and they used that for their marketing, uh, on social media. So it actually worked in that way too. So it goes um, deep in research and, and yes. involvement, as you say, it's not an accident. But, but a lot of people think, think I just wake up in the morning and act, uh, randomly and just kind of do whatever I feel like doing and go wherever the wind takes me. And while it may look like that, there's actually a good amount of thought that goes into it. I've, I've even seen, I think one of your videos of uh, you in Disneyland having a little argument with, uh, confrontation with stormtroopers. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So it's funny, uh, because of, because of my personality, uh, a lot of the cast members in, uh, Disneyland follow me on social media. So when I show up, it's, they've taken it upon themselves to harass me when they're in character. Um, so that's actually resulted in a ton of huge, uh, videos that have come out of Disneyland. And that actually got me, uh, they, Disney flew me up to San Francisco, uh, to create some videos at Lucasfilm, uh, which was super cool. Yeah. They, they, they flew me up in a charter jet, which was insane. Um, and yeah, I made videos with the props from the movies. I made videos with the actual droids from the movies. Um, so that was a really cool moment where, how long um, have you been dressing? Are you, (laughs) how long have you been doing this? Yeah. So I don't, it's funny. Um, and you know, it's, it's doing this, it's, it's something that, it's easy to, for people to kind of, kind of poke fun at because, you know, it's, you think about like the conventions and you think about like, um, that sort of nerd and it just, it's, it lends itself to jokes, but, um, I've kind of decided to just own it and be I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cut you right there. I have a one, a Harry Potter one tattoo in my leg. I'm nobody. Oh, nice. I'm, yeah. I'm nobody to make fun of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the motorcycle people I've noticed, they've got an attachment to some sort of to, like to something. Everybody, yeah, some every sort of, everybody does. Just because it's a little yeah. different, that doesn't you know justify anything. But everybody has their 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 niche, their favorite, their the things they love. When I saw Hymas uh, tattoo on his leg, I was like, what's that? It was Harry Potter wand. I was like, wow. And then and then that's the most obvious one, and the people ask about that one. But every most of the, the tattoos in my body are. Harry Potter related. Yeah. So, nerd, nerd, nerd culture. Exactly. <laughs> nerd in the well, that's what's, Yeah. 
I mean, and that's what's cool is, is we grew up with these things and now we're starting to get into things like motorcycles and, and, and entrepreneurship. So you're starting to see this kind of evolution of like acceptance. And, um, you know, I've obviously had my fair share of discrimination. Uh, there was a rival e-bike company that actually took a bunch of photos of me and like photoshopped them and started this whole Instagram about trying to basically, uh, defame me and take and take me down, which it's ridiculous, dude. I can't even the, get into that. That was another but, company, or that was personal. Yeah, that was. was uh, those were yeah, those were people from a, from a rival company. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've obviously had our fair share of discrimination for it, but it's it kind of just makes me want to do it even more. And uh, yeah. you know, and in, and I in think, a way, in a way, I think that's uh, and I have this phrase. Uh, you know, Los Pepes also has a lot of people that hate us, and I always mm. say, to people, they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> you know, and, it's and, true. It's and like, man, people putting work onto making fun of you is admiration to me. Mm. It's it is. It's this. It's like it's almost that they're frustrated because they don't have that sort of passion, and that's something I've always definitely. I think they admire you. I think they admire yeah. you. That's what I'm saying. If they decided to put a lot of work into making fun of you or mm. doing something like that, it's basically because they admire you. <laughs> right. I mean, and they spend a the whole night doing that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but I do, you know, even with that being said, I, I stay away from like, there's like a, a term of like, you know, cosplayer. And, and the truth is, uh, my, my love of Star Wars, when I was a little kid, I would collect the action figures. And then as I kind of got older, I was like, Hey, I've got a little more money. I'm going to get the bigger ones, or I'm going to get the statues, or mm -hmm. I'm going to get like the, the ones that the Limited artists edition. are making. Limited edition and they, stuff. they, they kind of just kept evolving until I was like, well, the, the only way to get a bigger action figure now is if I become one. And nice. so I started building, I started building these suits of armor with my buddies on the weekends because I was like, hey, it would be really cool to build a life-size suit of armor. And so uh, it's definitely more of just where an appreciation for the art of what this, of what these like suits kind of are. It's, it's, they're intricate. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, you know, there's the, the painting, the bondo, the shaping of it, cutting it, it sizing it. It takes a lot it. of work. It's, it's, it's like an art. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's an so, art. And, and each one's different. Although right exactly. now, right now I'm sure you're pretty dangerous because I've seen your 3D printer. <laughs> so. now it's dude it's a whole new ball game now that super 73 got that 3d printer um i hit up ian our designer and i was like hey so i just got these files for a jetpack and he was like yeah, well no. okay so i'm 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 3d printing some prototype parts so it's gonna have to wait and i was like yeah no no it can wait but maybe if the printer is free at some point we can slide the jetpack into it um <laughs> it's so, never ending it's never ending. yeah we're, we're starting to get bigger with so it so how often do you guys um uh, do a post on on your on episode on your podcast yeah so we, and, we what, actually, and what is the name of the podcast and how can we find it so the podcast, the name is The Rex and Around Show. And that actually came from somebody who tried to make fun of me. One day I showed up and I was I would vlog, you know, at these Star Wars events. And somebody goes, oh, man, The Rex and Around Show is here. So I thought, how better to take away that ammo from them than to name the actual podcast The Rex and Around Show. So, genius. Uh, Absolutely so, genius. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's called The Rex and Around Show. We, we talk weekly about Star Wars. We have guests on. And um, it's kind of just our outlet to to hang out and talk star Wars. We've, we found a bunch of people along the way who don't necessarily have a community around them. And that's why, you know, obviously super squad, that super 73 community is so important. And we've known that you need community when you love something, same with Los Pepes, you, you found people that they like the same thing and you want to spend time together. And it cultivates this, this environment of, of creation and, and of evolution. And so, 
um, that's kind of what we did with the Star Wars podcast was like, let's just put it out there and people really clung to it. And, uh, you know, we've, we've built quite a following off of just being ridiculous. You know, we'll throw stuff at each other on podcast. We yell a lot. We, uh, do funny little bits. And so it is just kind of a, Impre- a wild impressions. I've seen a couple. <laughs> yeah. That one, obviously the, 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 the most embarrassing things I do always seem to blow up. So, <laughs> so yeah, keep, yeah. keep awesome. doing them then. and keep doing what you do best. <laughs> and I, I do, I do want to join you one day at Disneyland cause I've never seen, I've never been yet in the Star Wars land. Oh my gosh, you guys, when Disneyland opens back up, we have to go. I obviously, you know, as, as being rexing around, um, I've been lucky enough to get all these perks where I don't, I don't have to wait in line anymore. Um, oh, that's and so, a huge perk. <laughs> yeah. So the, the cantina, which is normally like you got to book a reservation a week in advance. Um, you know, we just kind of get to sneak in the back door and, uh, and same with the rides, the rides. Have you been at Club 33? Are, I was just going to ask. No. So my, my Star Wars, uh, uh, so celebrity, I guess, if you want to call it kind of starts and ends in, Star Wars land, and then it'll kind of branch into Tomorrowland a little bit. Um, it is funny. There's certain parts of the park where, you know, people could care less about who I am. And then there's other parks where, where, you know, I'll get approached every two minutes for a photo, which is, it's insane, dude. Um, yeah, it's really funny. It's a great it's an interesting feeling kind of, too, I imagine. It's, it definitely makes it more fun. I, I won't lie. Uh, but it is funny to like, you know, you're, you're somebody, in, in this certain area of the world. But as soon as you leave that certain area, it's you, you're just a normal, like you're just you again. And so, um, it is kind of fun to turn that on and off. That's so awesome. Michael, (laughs) uh, one more last question. It seems like everything you touch turns into gold. Um, obviously you started and where you're at now is completely different. What would you recommend or tell the audience about, you know, how to, how to start a business or how to live their life? What would you recommend? Well, first off, that's the nicest thing to say. Thank you so much. Uh, there is a lot of failures that have kind of fallen through the cracks of the success. Um, but that's the thing is it's just keep going. Um, I think what happens a lot of times is people don't get those instant results. And so they're very quick to move on to the next thing when maybe that thing just needed a little bit more maturing. Maybe it needed a little bit more love. And so I always say continue pouring into it uh, until you have no more passion to give. Uh, people who succeed it's the people who want it so badly that they want it more than, you know, they even want to breathe. And so, um, by putting that amount of passion and drive towards it, if that thing is not successful, then something will branch off it to become successful. So it's just a matter of continuing to move forward. I I believe in that. And thank you so much, Michael. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being on the right boundless podcast. And, uh, we'll check in maybe down the road. Let's let's just repeat again his, his names and, and and where where can we find you on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, personal super 73. What's your cell phone number? No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) So my address is no, thank you guys. First, thank you so much for having me. You guys have always been the best and your community is amazing. Uh, I love being a part of it. Um, yeah, if you'd like to find, anything super 73 we're super 73 on all accounts and our website super 73.com and then myself it's rex and around like i said r-e-x-i-n underscore around i'm that on all platforms and then uh rex and so yeah either one of those things it's pretty easy to get to thank you so much man for joining us thank you michael have a great day thank you for having me guys and we'll see you soon we'll see you on the next one yeah you too stay safe thank you man you too bye And that's it for this episode. Thank you so very much for listening. If you liked it, please make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, 
on everywhere, wherever you're listening to this, there's a subscribe button. Please click on it. It helps the podcast. It helps the guests. It helps all of us. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Ride Boundless to see amazing pictures and contents and videos of the people we are speaking to. Until then, see you next week. Ride safe, ride hard, ride boundless.